The Tainting Love Network presents It's Getting Drafty in Here with Magnificent Stan. A show about nothing. Well, what's the show about? About nothing. With special guest. We're on the clock. Then I wonder when they're going to take it. I already sent the ticket. Hello. Welcome to episode eight of It's Getting Drafting here. I am your host, Magnificent Stan, otherwise known as Brian. Today is uh, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Uh, We're about a week away from Major League Baseball pitchers and catchers reporting. So I thought it'd be appropriate to do a Major League Baseball episode. Uh, Today, we're going to be drafting Major League Baseball players, uh, one from each position. And, uh, and that's about it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring in our guests here. First of all, we have Josh Nelson from Sox Machine. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well. Looking forward to this draft. Uh, helps me prepare for our fantasy baseball draft that we have at Sox Machine, in which we have 30 teams in the fantasy baseball league. So you pretty much have to take and discover who is starting for every major league baseball team because they're probably going to be on your fantasy team. Uh, so this is good preparation. So thanks for having me on again, Brian. Perfect, man. This is great. I've, I've, I've wanted to have you got you on since we started this. I know we spoke about doing a Star Wars episode at one point, but uh, that's around the bend and we'll be doing that eventually. Uh, also joining us today is a co-host of CHGO White Sox. We have Herb Lawrence. How you doing, pal? Doing good, Brian. Good to see you too, Josh. It was uh, always a pleasure to be on this show. I appreciate you asking, man. I uh, watched a couple of episodes and I'm very entertained by each one of them. So I'm glad I'm part of this tradition. You see that? I'm entertaining everybody. <laughs> All right. So before we start, I, ha- I asked Herb a question beforehand. and I'll ask Josh this question as well. What would you say the uh, gambling odds would be that one of us is going to pick a player from the Chicago White Sox tonight? I put the odds at like plus 150. I-, I think there are a couple of players looking at the positions that you could make a convincing argument that they're in the top three for. It really depends on how, like, to use a baseball pun, how far in left field some of you guys are picking. But when I'm building my ideal team one and then my backups at team two and team three, I got a couple of White Sox players here, but I put the odds at plus 150. Okay. Sound good, Herb? Yeah, I'm probably a little higher than that, probably plus 40,000. Because I know I'm not going to pick any White Sox, but I get what Josh was saying right there. Um, I told you know, her. I told I mean, her one of the only guy. One of the only guys I think maybe we could we could have drafted. He has cancer, so I don't know if we're going to draft. Uh, him yeah, not, sure. Right? So, yeah, yeah. But, I uh, mean, I mean, yes. There's going to be a strong argument for one of the guys. I'm thinking in particular, but I'm not going to pick him. Yep. I might as well say it. So it's like Dylan Cease. I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> I, I'm not either. So I, I hear you. But uh, but all right. Let's get started. Uh, Josh, you have the first selection. And with the first selection of my team, I'm still going to go with the best baseball player in the league, in my opinion. That's Mike Trout. And the crazy thing about Trout is that hitting wise, he seems to be getting better. One thing to pay attention to, especially when it comes to fantasy baseball, is ball and air. Everybody knows I subscribe to that. And Mike Trout is figuring out how to hit the ball more frequently in the air, especially against elevated fastballs. That seemed to be his kryptonite 
And that clearly was not last year. The only concern I have, gentlemen, with my number one pick, would Mike Trout give me more than 140 games? He is getting older. That is a legit question, but I still believe he is the best player in the league when healthy. So that's why I'm going with Mike Trout. Absolutely. He's, 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 he's the best player of our generation. I mean, there's, there's nobody that's put up the numbers that he's put up. He's going to, he's just going to keep going. Uh, but yeah, the health is a big thing. He, he, uh, you know, that, that body of his, he's, it's a big body, you know, like, like, uh, I remember, can't remember what first baseman said, but it sounds like a train's coming when he's running down first baseline. Like he's so big and so athletic that, that yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely legit that, 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 that body will not hold up. Yeah. And Mike Trout is my favorite baseball player, probably of all time. And sadly, I have never seen him play live. I had tickets to see him. I think it was two years ago. And for some reason or another, I didn't go to the game. And it's one of my greatest regrets because he is a phenomenal player. Last year, I think, what, how many games did he play? And he still hit 40 home runs. It was something absurd where, like, are we seeing this? Are we really seeing Mickey Mantle Jr. without the, you know, problems (laughs) off the field? Are we seeing that? right here and before our eyes and I'm not seeing him in person. So I got to rectify that this year, either here or if they play the Cubs, either way, I got to see Mike Trout live and say, you know, tell my kids if I ever have any, I got to see the greatest baseball player of all time. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you on that one. All right, let's go with number two here. What do you, uh, what do you got for us, Herb? I'm going to go with uh, John Heyman's guy, Arson Judge. He is <laughs> unbelievably <laughs> the best player last year. He, with his 11 F war, just phenomenal. Ridiculous uh, ability to get to the ball quickly. And I know people out there saying, what about the tainted balls they're using last year for Aaron Judge in particular? guys?" MLB does not want to admit that MLB will never let that go. All those same balls, those Goldilocks balls will still be at Yankee stadium for Aaron judge <laughs> to hit a bunch of home runs because they don't want to admit it that, Oh, he doesn't hit 35 home runs this year. Oh, see so all the balls are different this year. No, they're going to keep them there to make Aaron judge the superstar that he is in the hall of famer that he's uh, on a trajectory to go. So I'm going Aaron judge as my pick. Right on, right on. Yeah, he uh, he was basically Superman this year. Um, he could do no wrong. A um, lot, a lot of stuff into right field for a right-handed hitter, but obviously that's because of uh, Yankee Stadium. Yep. Um, I think I saw, I think I saw like the chart, and it, he would have hit like what was it like like forty-two home runs if he was in any other park. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I mean, I understand he's from. <laughs> the bay area and so going back to, to that area would have been yep. a good thing for him and to see his family but that ballpark would have ate him alive it would been kind of not necessarily akin to when the twins went from the metro dump to uh turn uh whatever that field's called a uh, target field when joe mauer was crushing balls and out of uh right field and hitting home runs opposite field then we went to the other ballpark it zapped his power all away from yeah, that's you know it wouldn't have been that badly, but four fifteen to right center is a bit different than what it is in Yankee Stadium. Even though that's a poke too, so I think he made the right choice to go back and be a Yankee Absolutely. and be a Yankee but, legend. 
But Herbie, we could have saw Aaron Judge at Coors Field. <laughs> I mean, six or seven times a season okay, he would have made up that loss <laughs> just there <laughs> so the, the crazy thing about Aaron Judge so I've spoken about this on a variety of platforms right handed pitchers are throwing fastballs faster especially mm-hmm. the last 15 years and against right handed pitchers that throw a fastball velocity of greater than 94 miles per hour Aaron Judge's OPS is over 1200 against velocity so you can't even beat aaron judge these days with velocity which makes him so dangerous herbie as you mentioned at yankee stadium because even if you get him behind on the outside corner he's so damn strong that he could still take you out to right field so again health is going to be the big what if but if aaron judge plays 150 games i i don't see any reason why he doesn't hit 50 plus home runs in 2023 yeah yeah, he can. And again, he's he's like he's like Trout. As long as his body holds up, he's going to continue to just plow through uh plow through baseball. I but, totally uh, agree. Like he's he's a phenomenal talent, and I wish he would have chose the White Sox. But we don't swim in those waters. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> just play, just playing at the playing at the. At, I I keep wanting to call it the cell over the years. Still, um, yeah, he would he would he would hit. He would have hit 60 again, you know? Um, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little unconventional here. I, 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 I'm relying a little too heavily probably on the spreadsheets I made, which are, I just took basically statistics from the last three years and just jarbled them all up together and, and did that. I'm going to pick two guys that are not the best players in major league baseball, but they're certainly the best players at their positions. And it's by a decent amount. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm going with my first two picks. My first pick, I'm gonna go get our our, our captain of the team. I'm gonna go grab our catcher. Uh JT Real Muto is the best catcher in baseball, and it's not even close. Um, there's some guys catching up. There's some younger guys. Kirk looked really really good. You know, Ali Rutschman. There's a lot of guys coming up, but this guy's been steady, solid. He's solid and consistent, like my stool after eating bread. So I'm going to go JT. Romano. He does a little bit of everything. He, you saw him hit that inside the park home run. The guy can run. The guy manages a game really well. He's got a terrific arm. He hits the ball. He gets, he gets on base. He has some pop. Just a little bit of everything. So like I said, not the best player in major league baseball, but um, definitely someone that, uh, I, I really don't feel like there is any anyone anywhere near them. And I'll give you a statistic. Uh, just on just on war over the last three years, F war, he's at 18.2. The next one on the list is Will Smith at 11.3. So it's a pretty wow. wide margin. And uh, that's where I'm going. So what's the turnaround pick? Turnaround pick. I'm going to make some people real fucking happy right now. Let's do this. I'm going to go with everyone's favorite second baseman, Jose Altuve. <laughs> it's not a bad pick. I mean, there's if you look at the stats, there's only one second baseman in the last three years that it comes anywhere near him. And he's and he, and he didn't have a great year in 2020, 2022. And that's Marcus Simeon. Um, Look at look at all the booze. I love it. 
<laughs> everywhere. Wow. I'm getting boat raised. <laughs> I like I love to be the heel here, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean the guy the guy continues to hit. It doesn't matter, you know, I I, I don't know if he has a buzzer still or not, but the guy continues to hit. He plays second base at an all right level, gets on base, power. The guy's the guy's the best second baseman in baseball. And I, again, like Real Mudo, I don't think there's any discuss any argument for anybody else. I my only argument so far, Brian, is the direction that you're building your team. Typically, you don't spend high draft picks on undersized second basemen, as some Major League Baseball organizations have painfully learned that lesson. (laughs) But it's a bold strategy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. It's bold. We'll see how it plays out for you. (laughs) I wanted to let you guys know that I purchased for 108 Day, and it never came. I bought a Jose Abreu Astros jersey and it never it came two days after 108 day could you guys imagine if I'd have walked into that thing with a space city Jose Abreu jersey come on would have been like hey that's Kenwo I you know I, I got kind of pissed <laughs> off when I saw that he had one too I was like damn it am I am I really turning into him <sighs> I mean I don't like Jose Atuve but your points are well taken <sighs> I just don't like the person. He's a dick. He did cheat. And I think he might be still cheating. So until proven otherwise, I think he's a sneak and I'm going to be booing him until he makes the Hall of Fame. He's going to get booed for the rest of his life. Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. But you know what? I, I honestly, and, I, and I'll, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think it's naive for anybody to think that every other team in Major League Baseball isn't cheating on some level. The White Sox are not cheating. Yeah, I was gonna say the White Sox are not cheating. At least on the offensive side. Can they start cheating? And and how do Please. we do this? How do we convey it to I mean we also brought in a guy who's been on a losing organization for many years now as well. So I, he doesn't know how to cheat either. So I, I mean, maybe the whistling people think is cheating. The uh Daryl Boston whistling. I mean, there's other things that Daryl Boston has done is way below board, you know, so that stuff should be uh, checked into before the whistle and the cheating. But I don't think the White Sox are good at it if they are cheating. I mean, what's going on? How How's it helping the team? Please do some more. Please do more. I agree. All right, Herb, let's go uh, number two here. Or number, what do we got? Fifth pick. I mean, this guy is the best player in the last five years, according to F4. If you just go by F4, Marcus Lynn Betts, Mookie Betts. He is yep. just a phenomenal player. And every time I see his name or, and or any time the Boston Red Sox flash in front of my face, I think about that goddamn trade where they traded a player not even in his prime yet who had won an MVP for you that you drafted fifth in the fifth round, cultivated him, developed him. He became an MVP, one of the best defenders in the game. You trade him for Alex Verdugo. Alex <laughs> fucking Verdugo. He's Jeter not a bad. Downs. He's not a bad player, but yeah. Jeter fucking Downs, who they've already released. <laughs> he's already been released. Yeah. And I think Connor Wong. So I get mad every time. All and then he said 
in June of that year when the Dodgers acquired him and immediately paid him the money he was asking for, as anybody would do, he said, yeah, if the Boston Red Sox offered me the money, I would have signed with the Boston Red Sox. Why wouldn't you? He wasn't and looking the, for anything but his fair share, and he's still getting under fucking paid. And so, then they sorry, gave an absolute I'm, sorry, I'm this thing. And then they give an absolute shit ton of money to Trevor Story. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, and then let Xander Bogarts go, and right. then like, okay, oh fuck, uh, we got to sign Rafael Devers, which was the smarter of the two moves. Oh, yeah. If you're going to keep person, but still, you could have had yeah. Xander Bogarts. So, um, are you playing judge in center field then? Um, no, Mookie Mookie Betts is going to be my center fielder. Right on. Yeah, I agree, man. That guy, uh, one of my favorite players. One of my favorite players. Uh, I remember last year, uh, what, what, I can't remember what city he was in, but uh, a rookie hit a home run and the guy wouldn't give up the ball. So Mookie went and, got, went and signed a bat for him and brought it out there. And just seems like a good guy. Just seems like a guy that's doing everything right. And it's, it's, it's kind of like Mike Trout. Like, why isn't that guy one of the like poster boys for Major League Baseball? Also an excellent bowler. So yes, uh, a dual sport threat for Herbie. We can go down to diversity lanes and he brings out Mookie Betts. We're going to be screwed. <laughs> okay, let's go. Uh, what do you got? I got two up here, Josh. All right. So I'm just going to wrap up my outfield here because it's just too enticing. And I'm going to go with Julio Rodriguez. I'm going to put him in left field. This kid is a super duper star. And I just think the potential for him I think he could be another seven war type of outfielder. And you talk about stars and, you know, in Seattle, they've been blessed with having Ken Griffey Jr. And they've been blessed to have Alex Rodriguez, but that was decades ago. And for the longest of time, the fan favorite has been Mitch Haniger, but now he's in San Francisco. And I thought Kyle Lewis could be something special after he won the rookie of the year. But unfortunately with his injury, he gets passed by Julio Rodriguez. And I, I think Julio Rodriguez has the opportunity to be the next face of baseball right there with Fernando Tatis Jr. If Tatis Jr. could ever figure out his life. My turnaround pick is I think someone on a fantasy level and just in general baseball talks, we really have to identify someone that's going to get a big boost with the shift being banned. And that is Juan Soto. And Juan Soto is playing for big money. And now going from Washington to San Diego and having the entire offseason to prepare with Manny Machado and along with uh, Tatis Jr. And I think Tatis Jr. may end up going to left field. I don't know. Out of San Diego, they're undecided who's going to play left or right field. It, Juan it Soto doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. They have so much talent on that roster. They can just plug and play everybody everywhere. Right. So I, I think Juan Soto, he may not hit 40 home runs, but this with the band, the shift being banned, mm -hmm. we could see another seven plus war season from Juan Soto in 2023 to get him ready for his own mega payday. And I think he's what he's just turning 26 this upcoming season, uh, which is ridiculous because he's been in the league. It seems like forever. Uh, and he's still so damn young. So I love my outfield guys. I mean, I got a combination of the best player in major league baseball went healthy and Mike Trout. I got the super duper young star and who Julio Rodriguez that I got a man with a plan to get paid this upcoming season at Juan Soto. I, I am loving my outfield. I don't have to worry about drafting outfield for a while. I just got to pick a, the pick of what's left, but it's, it's not that pretty. No, it isn't. I mean, <laughs> 
Josh got two of the guys I was targeting yeah. right here with this pick on the comeback. And so Julio Rodriguez, uh, I know that's uh, my guy, uh, Southside Zoe's guy too. Just a phenomenal rookie year. They just keep on doing this. And I mean, uh, hopefully Julio Rodriguez doesn't go uh, the way of their recent guy, Kyle Lewis, who is falling on hard times after he won the rookie of the year over Luis Robert. But I see the sky's a little for that guy. He just is booming yep. with talent. And then Juan Soto, like you said, Josh, 26, just going to get better. And this year with a full year, knowing where he's going to be in San Diego, with that talent around him, it's just going to be a year for the ages, I believe. He's going to crush out there in San Diego with all the protection around him and the eyes just getting much better. I think it's just, man. You just got my guy. I'm, I'm sad about that. Yeah, I mean, he's got a he's got a bad second in that lineup, Herbie, and he's got to have Machado behind him. I mean, they're talking about maybe Tatis leads off. When you face the Padres in June, you may have to go up against Tatis, Soto, and Machado. Like, if you could swear in this show, which Brian hasn't said if we can or not, all you want. <laughs> Okay. Fuck that shit. If I'm a starting <laughs> pitcher, <laughs> okay. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, and, they and, your, and they also have your favorite player, Cronenworth. So, yeah, I, I, I really do love Cronenworth, and he's gonna probably be their first baseman. I mean, that's just how stacked the, the San Diego Padres are. But yeah, I, they have so many. They have so they have multiple options in which you can make a legit case to be in the national league MVP, but yeah, I, I love my outfield and I, I'm really curious to see what direction Herbie goes. If he completes his outfield or he grabs a, a position player in the infield here. You read my mind there, Josh, with my third pick overall, I'm going to go with hated Cleveland guardian, Jose Ramirez. I don't even know if he's hated. Yeah. I think we do more admire him than, yeah, him because I do not hate him. I thought he was, was just that was my that was going to be my next pick. <laughs> he's just a phenomenal talent, and every single time when the White Sox go against him, I say four. Just put the four up. Let him go to first. <laughs> this past year in 2022, which was weird, he didn't hurt us that much. It was that jerk Josh Naylor who hurt us more, and so you know I was proven wrong. But I still stand by that. If they have a trouble if they have a base open at first, even sometimes bases loaded. Let that man go to first instead of hurting the White Sox in particular. Luckily for the White Sox and the rest of the Central Division, they have fewer games versus the Central, only 12 versus Cleveland Guardians this year. Oh, I mean, I don't want to see him ever again. I, wa- I wanted him to go on free agency, but they signed him to a sweetheart of a deal. So he's going to be a guardian for life. Sad, uh, but I admire the talent. He's probably the best player in the AL Central. So my funny story about Jose Ramirez, if you notice that there is extra security in Section 108 at the beginning part of the season, it's because when they went into extra innings in that Josh Naylor game, uh, Jose Ramirez is up to bat and Ryan Burr is pitching. And there's a runner on third with one out and Ramirez is up to bat. And they were pitching to Jose Ramirez. Nobody's in the stands. So I scream, do not pitch to him. And Ryan Burr steps off the mound because he can hear me because it's just echoing through the stadium. And then suddenly I got the security team, which is like 17 and you know 16-year-olds at this point of the game, just giving me death stares uh, for, for screaming that out. But yeah, that's, that's my funny Jose Ramirez story. And 
He is. Uh, I respect the hell out of him. As you mentioned, Herbie, I think that he is the best third baseman coming into the season and third base is a stacked position. And I will also agree with you that he is the best player in the American League Central. And when you've got Terry Francona and you got Jose Ramirez, uh, that's a good way to start as far as defending your crown as the American League Central champs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, and, and Josh, just for the record, in the 108, when you when you yell, it's loud. You don't do it a lot, but when you do, it's loud. I remember the the playoff game, the last one against Houston. Um, I mean, we were just all sitting there quiet, and <laughs> Kimbrell's pitching, and everybody's just dead silent because the game's just a shit show. And I just, I, just out of nowhere, I hear Josh throw fucking strike. <laughs> <laughs> One of, my, one of my favorite 108 oh. moments of all time. <laughs> that Somebody effect. needed to coach Kimbrell up. Come on. Right, right. I agree. Like Lovey I Smith agree. effect where he doesn't swear a lot. And but when he does, it's really effective. So when Josh, when I hear Josh, at least because I'm listening to you on the Sox Machine podcast, you, you let a couple. But yeah. you know, when I hear you cuss, oh, man, it's the greatest at the 108 <laughs> night. I was like, oh, my God, you really said that. I don't even want to repeat it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go first one. Uh, I'm going to get my pitcher out of the way. Um, it's not a bad hitter either. Mm. I I can't believe he dropped this far. Um, I'm going to go Shohei Otani, the, uh, the best player in the world, I think. Um, the guy is a top five pitcher and a top, what, probably seven, eight five hitter in baseball? Pitcher. Five, two. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I, I do, is he going to be able to hold that up long term? I don't know, but I mean, yeah. So there's been a lot of the comments about how is Otani still on the board. The reason I passed up on Otani, Brian, I am worried about how the Angels are going to use him entering the last year of his deal. Totally agree. The break factor is super high. Like I, I am, I am concerned that he's going to play his heart out for team Japan and the world baseball classic. Yep. Uh, they have, that's, a, the, he, that's the only way he knows how to play is he plays balls to the right. world all the time. And yeah. So that's why o- Otani is definitely in my top 10. And here we are with the ninth pick overall and Otani gets taken. So he would have been taken if it came back to me, but I, I am concerned about the break factor coming into this season, which is why I pass on Otani. And I pass on him because of the dual thing. I don't know if it was, you know, if we can have him both for our starting pitcher and designated hitter. If I would, I would have taken him first overall. But we don't um, have rules around here. I yeah. wanted to be like fair. And I think my team's pretty good. But yeah, Shoei Itani just, it's a ridiculous thing. And somebody was saying about the White Sox, they have um, an untouchable in Dylan Cease. And I mostly agree with that. If the Angels want to deal and cease and we get Shohei Itani, I'm sorry, Dylan Cease. You have to go to L.A. now. It's so Shohei Itani time. With the, say, with the contract stipulation of right. us signing a long-term deal, of course. Let's say Otani has another year or close to 2022 in 2023. Mm-hmm. What's the contract? Is he getting $500 million? Close, I think. Yeah. Like maybe twelve years, four hundred eighty million, like forty million dollars a season. 
again, we'll see what the physicals have to say. Uh, suddenly that's become a big thing in major league baseball, but yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unrealistic that Otani is the first $500 million player mm-hmm. in major league baseball. Uh, so many teams are lined up and the Dodgers, they didn't spend a lot of money this off season. They, they'll, they'll I think they'll find a way. If, that's if exactly, the Angels can't keep them. I think it's the Dodgers. Isn't that why the Dodgers spent like no money? Cause they have a lot of high, they have a, like a, a lot of high level prospects and high and higher levels and then and then they're saving up for otani right i mean that was the that's the narrative but the reality was the trevor bauer situation really tied their hands Mm -hmm. and the fact that it dragged for so long ultimately hurt the dodgers and what they wanted to do as far as a free agency but i guess they could look at the whole situation of saying well I guess we have all this cash now after the whole Trevor Bauer situation has been squared away and all the best free agents are gone. So I guess we'll just trot out our super talented top 100 prospects (laughs) for this year. And if it doesn't work out, then I, I, oh, well, I guess we'll have to go sign Otani. Yeah, that's, that's about, that's about what it sounds like. And, and, and to beef loaf's point uh, about the injuries, the difference is, is that if Trout's back barks on him, yeah, he could miss a month. Where I think the break factor is is Tommy John for Otani, mm-hmm. and if he gets Tommy John, uh, then he may be able to hit. Uh, he wouldn't be able to throw, uh, and that's why the break fact. That's where the break factor for me is, right. is at a high. I, I'm I'm more worried about the arm than I am about like any other part of his body. And Tommy John, we all know how serious that injury is. Yep. Yeah, there's there's no playing with that, and um, well, so so what's your turnaround here? My turnaround, I'm actually gonna get my my first outfielder out of the way because I'm worried Herb's gonna take it, or one of you guys gonna take his DH. He's the best left-handed hitter in the world, um, I think. Um, that's healthy at least. Uh, I'm gonna Larry Garcia. I'm going (laughs) Jordan Alvarez. Damn it! Ah, I was hoping he'd come back because I agree with you. He is the best left-hander. Left-handed hitter in the league. He just keeps getting better and better, man. That's he was a he was a Dodgers prospect, right? <laughs> he was, and I think yeah, they traded other- for a reliever. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he traded for? Wasn't he traded for Josh Fields? Yes, that's it. Oh, yes, that's great. Or the other that, one? no? Oh, no. the pitchers. <laughs> the reliever. <laughs> oh my gosh! What a rookie year he had. Yeah. What I mean. Honestly, though, your lineup, if you got Otani, DHing, Otani, Alvarez, Altuve, Real Muto, that's that's a really strong top four. Even though like your strategy is uh, interesting, Brian, I mean, that that is a really good top four to any lineup. I'm getting high praise from these from these guys that I uh, I have. I have a high respect for in terms of their baseball knowledge. So that's nice. You're doing well. You're ki- you're killing the game. I mean, stole uh, Jordan Alvarez from me as Josh stole uh, Juan Soto from me. It's been a good draft so far. So uh, can, I, can I say I love Juan Soto? He's one of my favorite players in the world, and I'm still kind of pissed off he took him. It's an undeniable great talent. I'm he is excited to see him too. But you know who I'm more excited to see? Uh oh, here we go. His teammate. Manuel Arturo Machado. Last year, Aaron Judge, of course, he led the league in F4, 11-4. Hang on. Are you playing him at shortstop? 
goddamn right. That's what he is. He's a shortstop Ooh, by trade. I like it. What? Damn right. They have on the I San like Diego it. Padres. They have four shortstops. You know who number four is? Fernando Tatis Jr., who's going to be playing yeah, the outfield. True. Yeah. The best shortstop on the field, maybe Asan Kim, who's playing second. And then they just got Xander Bogarts. And of course, Manuel Arturo Machado, who can glove it. He had a 7-4 uh, F4 last year, which is second behind Aaron Judge. He had a phenomenal year. And guess what this year is, kids? It's an opt-out year. He can get out of that contract with the $30 million a year with the San Diego Padres that the White Sox didn't want to pay him and do it again and embarrass the White Sox once again when they get into the fray and they're like, oh, here's $150 million, Manny, for five we got, years. We got and he's like, what do we need Machado for? And he's like, nah. no, I'm going to go back to San Diego for whatever the hell they're going to pay me. So he's going to have, on his best behavior, he's going to be killing it. He's only, I think, 31 years old. So right. a double dip at the at the big time money is not out of uh, character and is not um, a very egregious thing because I think he'll age well. And if he can't play third, he can always go to first base or somewhere in the outfield or designated hitter. So the hit tool yeah. will always carry with him. And this year, he's going to be doing it a lot more because he's trying to get paid again. Yeah, that opt out's coming at a big time for Machado, Herbie, because I think with Anthony Rendon signing for the seven years, $235 million. With the Angels, I think Machado right now would be able to beat that. Uh, so that's what you're looking at is a seven-plus-year contract at $35-plus million a season if you want Manny Machado after this season. So the Padres have a lot of difficult decisions here after this season. I mean, they get to enjoy the bliss of how loaded this lineup is, but we'll see. I mean, the way that they spend money, maybe they can figure out how to keep both Machado and Juan Soto. But when you walk the streets of San Diego, and I have done this for one of my best friends who lives out of San Diego. I bought Manny Machado gear uh, for the kids. There's Machado gear everywhere in San Diego. He is one of the most beloved athletes in San Diego. Everybody loves Manny Machado. And in the end, that just seems to be like a perfect marriage between Machado and the San Diego Padres. So I really like that pick. And I'm really jealous that you moved him over to shortstop, you jerk. So let's stop doing that, Herbie. You know what I think about whenever I hear Manny Machado? Here, I'll show you guys some. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it here. Correct. All right, Josh, what do you got next? Hold on before right. that. I, before you go, sorry about that, Josh. I wanted to address, like, Steve Niss and also Beef Loaf wanted me to maybe move Mookie to second base, and I understand he might play second base this year for the Dodgers. I don't want to, yeah. you know, too much fracture the rules. You know, Manny Machado going to uh, short yeah, is a little the different. Fact that, yeah, the fact that he's never played uh, second base at the major league level—it's yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do that too that, much. The fact that uh, uh, Goodwin or uh, uh, Billy Hamilton has played second base more in the major leagues than uh, Mookie <laughs> Betts. All right, so let me get my shortstop here and a theme: banning the shift. This player is going to get a huge boost. And that is Corey Seager with the Texas Rangers. Seager hits so well in Texas. And I think with his slow start last year, this is someone that could really get off to a hot start, especially with the shift ban. I'm curious to see on how outfield alignments are going to be against Corey Seager. But I think he turns out to be the player that the Texas Rangers were really hopeful for when they signed him to that mega deal last year. So I'm going to go with Corey Seager as short. 
And at first base, I know I'm taking a first baseman here, but one of my favorite players, Vlad Guerrero Jr. And the man has gotten into the best shape of his life. And I think he's got another chance to hit 40 plus bombs for the Toronto Blue Jays. And Herbie, I know this is blasphemy, but watching Vlad Guerrero Jr., I see a young Frank Thomas. And I see someone that hits 310 and has a 380-plus on-base percentage and is hitting 40-plus home runs. And he's one of the rare first basemen that can hit enough to merit MVP consideration. So I, I, I really love Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s play, and I just love watching him hit. And I'm loving my lineup right now. So I'll pass it back over to you, Herb. It's filthy. It's a filthy lineup. Yeah, and I agree with you. I I think Vlad's out for a big-time breakout this year, and I don't disagree that he could be the MVP this year. Like, he could have a monster year. You know, of course, Frank Thomas is a lofty, you know, similarity, right. but, you know, it's not too far off. I mean, Frank was otherworldly. He's one of the best right-handed hitters, probably the best right-handed hitter I've seen you know, probably in the last, you know, for the first baseman, let me go first baseman DH. He's definitely the best first, best first baseman, right-hand hitter. I've seen better than Pujols, better than Cabrera, better than those two guys. So I say that it's lofty, but you know, he can get there. Well, I think with just Vlad jr. When I watch him that I'm always impressed by is that he understands what pitches that he can drive. And even though a pitcher could throw a really good pitch, let's say one, one on the outside corner, he's down one, two, he's still dangerous. When I was watching every single white Sox game, some of these guys are just hyper aggressive. And I don't know if they understand what pitches that they could drive and drive for power. That's not the case with Vlad jr. And that's why he reminds me of Frank Thomas because Frank Thomas understood fully what pitches that he could destroy. And even if he got behind in the count, his contact skills were so great that he could just dump pitches in the shallow outfield for singles, even though he was a really big dude. And that's why you're seeing a better than 300 batting average and an incredible batter's eye where he's pushing 400 on the on base percentage. And of course, with the tremendous power, they're still slugging over 500. Like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is one of the few hitters of Major League Baseball that can have a season OPS over 1,000. And I just, I really enjoy the hell out of watching him hit. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I feel like it's, it's funny. Cause when you, when you, when he came into the league, you're like, Oh, if he's like his dad, he's going to be great. But he's, he's better. Like in terms of his bat, he's probably better than his dad. His dad, his dad never sat on pitches. Like he's that guy swung no. at everything. <laughs> that guy swung at everything. Like it, it bounced in front of the plate. Yeah. He is hitting it in the left field. Like that's. Yeah. Well, what, what Vlad jr. Lost in athleticism in the passing down at the jeans from his dad. Yeah, he, <laughs> I don't know if he has the arm. His dad had. Jesus. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. So is it, you've got another one or is it to my no, turn? You're, you're no, I, I took my two. I got I, Seager oh, was the Seager. first one. And then it went to Vlad. I, lo- I love the Seager pick, by the way. I, that's a guy I, I was worried when he, when he first got to Texas, like, is this guy just not going to be able to hit him and him and Semyon? But he really, both of them really picked it up towards the end of the year. And that team's on the up, I think a bit. 
I a spoiler alert. I have them in my preseason predictions as the sixth seed. I I think they're going to find a way to get one of the wild cards this year. If they figure out their pitching, they're they're that that lineup is crazy. All right, Herbie. I'm going to go with my pitcher. I know that uh, Brian picked a pitcher, but more of a hitter. And I know he's just as good. He's a great pitcher, pitcher. too. Yeah, he is. Um, I'm going to go a different one. The best pitcher, I believe, in Major League Baseball currently. That's National League Cy Young Award winning Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins. I'm going to pick him because I know I'm going to get innings from him. With his sub two five ERA, it's good, and he's not striking out a bunch of people. Even though he did strike out two hundred men last year, one of the only pitchers in the top, my top ten this year uh, that has more innings pitched than strikeouts. He's gonna pitch you with his four pitches. He's gonna put in twenty five percent of all of those pitches in your head, and you're not gonna be knowing what you're gonna be hitting off of him. He's going to be, you can't sit on a fastball. You can't sit on the cutter. You can't sit on the slider because he's, he throws it equal equally amount of the time. So I yep. think Sadie Alcantara, when we look back this year, is probably going to be a two-time Cy Young Award winner, even if Justin Verlander comes over to that National League versus the, with the nine Mets. I think Sandy will outduel him. Mm. Not bad. Bold. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That is definitely bold. I like National League is just the National League is just stacked, Dumb. right? On pitchers, I mean Freed, Max Freed, Verlander, uh, Max Scherzer, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, it's just it's so stacked. Yep. Um, yeah, I got no argument there. He's he's been he's been terrific. He's thrown in my my three year cheat sheet here. He's thrown more innings than any other pitcher in baseball. So yep. Innings, innings eater that does a great job uh all right i'm gonna go um i'm gonna look at my third baseman first a uh, guy that i did not think when he left colorado would be um what he is in st louis um he continues to hit i didn't think it was gonna happen and and he's one of the best one of the best gloves i've ever seen on that corner so i'm gonna go with nolan arenado Screw you guys. First of all, <laughs> you took, I have three third basemen here, Ramirez, Arenado, and Machado. And Herbie taking two third basemen. Hey, he could he could have put Jose Ramirez at second base, too. He's played there. I just didn't want him to play. Uh, de- neither one of those guys play designated hitter. I got another spot for some guy. All right. I'm still pissed. So, All right, what's another? What's the what's the other guy you're going to screw me over later in this draft with? Well, I'm going to get rid of my shortstop here. This is a guy I was going to draft uh, in round three, but um, or round four, but uh, but I was hoping he would fall down. Um, believe it or not, the highest WAR of any shortstop over the well, uh, he played second base a little bit too, but highest WAR over the last three years. I'm going to go Trey Turner. Yeah. <sighs> I, I envy I envy the Phillies, especially Phillies fans, because that was one hell of a run last year. Maybe a bit fluky in how they got to the World Series and won the National League pennant. But the way that Dave Dombrowski has convinced Phillies ownership 
to continue to add, even though they got the bad news, right? With Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we lost, you know, Bryce Harper. He can only hit, he can't play in the field. What should we do? Let's go slide Trey Turner. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Cool. You know, after you signed Schwarber and Cassianos last year, just continue to add. And uh, with the bases getting bigger, Herbie, I'm wondering if Trey Turner even runs more. Like he's not someone that's gonna hit forty they're bombs, all, but he's gonna run more. They they all, don't they also have the pickoff rule now? Yep. Right. So I, I, what twenty yeah. home runs, forty, fifty stolen bases yep. uh for Trey Turner? Uh yeah. It, I, th- I think that 40, is a possibility. 40's coming back. The guys like Tatis is gonna they're gonna they're gonna have forty forty years coming up. Just keep coming Tatis back. away from the motorcycles. Oh my god. And the needles. Just a freaking idiot. Jay Williams. He's a kid, yeah. man. He, he came into the league too young. He didn't know it. You know, no, nobody, nobody taught him how to, how to be an adult. I think maybe that hey. should have been the team that signed him, teaching him <laughs> how to mature. Right. Yeah. I remember the day or the day after that broke, there was a player on the Padres that got in front of the camera. First Manny Machado said, you know, you know, he's got to grow up, blah, 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 blah. We're really disappointed in him the other player that said that Fernando fucking Tatis needs to grow up and be more mature. Mike Clevenger said that <laughs> right message, wrong messenger. <laughs> yes, what the hell is going on? Like that guy, when he said it, I was like, dude, that snuck out. Oh, I, I have a rule. You're not, you're not allowed to say Mike Clevenger. You just have to refer to him as Voldemort. Okay. Okay, I don't know what that I'm is. I'm just kidding. You yes. Can say that. Um, yes, and like I was so surprised. So yes, Tatis is a knucklehead, and I think he did steroids. I'm not. I have no proof to get as good as he is because when he was traded by the White Sox, he hadn't played stateside yet. And yeah. you think Rick Hahn would have traded this guy if he thought he had a iota of the talent that he he's shown? No. And so I don't blame him too much for trading Fernando Tatis because I think he might have had some extra help to get him where he <clears> is. <throat> you see what a, how little Elijah is. Yeah. His, his dad was a big some. dude, though. He was. I mean, he might have been All awesome, right. too. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he came from that era, so yeah. So what's the turnaround, Brian? Um... Oh, Turner was the turnaround. I took Arenado. Oh, Turner. Turner's the turnaround. Okay. So it's on me. I'm gonna. I, I'm go. not happy about my defense in the middle of my infield that much, but uh, you're fine. Whatever. They're good. I've seen worse. I'm gonna knock out my first base spot right here with um a future Hall of Famer in St. Louis's own Paul Goldschmidt. We already talked about Nolan Arenado getting acquired by the Cardinals from Colorado after they signed for a long-term deal, um, which made no sense and traded them for Austin Gomber and a bunch of balls. It still blows my mind. Same thing. St. Louis doesn't spend big time money on free agents, but you know what they do? They go and trade for people like Paul Goldschmidt when he was on the Arizona Diamondbacks and said, you want to come over here, play first base for us for the next 10 to 12 years, end out your hall of fame career. And he is putting a stamp on the, on his career. I think he's 35 years old now, just won his MVP. The guy is just quietly becoming a superstar. If he's already not a superstar, but you don't hear about his name enough and how great this player is. 
And yes, I said he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be. If he retired right now and never played a game again, he would be a Hall of Famer. The guy is just phenomenal with a 917 OPS in his career. It's just uh, a shame that he doesn't get more notoriety and more um, claim and a little shine for his, what he does in St. Louis. Yeah, he was, he was, he couldn't stop hitting this year. It was, it was kind of weird because what the couple of years prior, he started to slow down a little bit, but boom, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, he is the, he has the most home runs from a player born in Delaware. I just saw that today from Codify. <laughs> Three fifteen. What a stat! Codify has been doing a lot of those lately. They did the they did the born in a year, uh, one where based on what year they're born, who has the highest amount of home runs. So I'm 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 seven hundred and three behind Albert Pujols. So I'm, I'm you'll catch him. You'll get there. there. Okay. You'll get there. Yep. All right. So my two picks. One, I better get a third baseman before you guys take another one. Uh, I'm going to go with Rafael Devers with Boston. Uh, here's my new theory. My theory is, is that Dave Dombrowski knew that they liked Devers more than Mankata when the White Sox traded Chris Sale to Boston. And they also said no to Andrew Benatendi. So even though Mikata was the higher-ranked prospect publicly, I think Dabrowski and the Red Sox scouts like Devers more than Mikata. So Devers is on my team here as the third baseman with his mega contract. And uh, here's my fuck you both for taking all these goddamn third basemen. I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr. as my DH. So screw you both. You want to talk about 40-40? This guy's going 40-40 this year. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about this. You know, you know, Beefloaf giving me crap about Mike Trout at his bad back. Well, when Trout does end up on the injured list, because I'm sure he will, you know, Julio Rodriguez could take center field and uh, Juan Soto go to left field and Acuna Jr.'s in right field or, yeah, or I mean, whatever. In that, I, in that configuration I, right now, Soto's probably your DH, right? I, I, I'm so pissed at you two with your <laughs> damn Jose <laughs> Ramirez and Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. Uh, I'm so angry. So, yeah, that's my F you. Uh, I'm taking Raul Acuna Jr. And, uh, yeah, I guess I would move him to right field. I'd move Soto to my DH. But, uh, yeah, there you go. My 40-40 guy. Man, I'm fucked. I, that's that was like the one in the back of my head. Uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> I'm screwed, man. I I see one more outfielder that I want, and then after that, I gotta I gotta pick someone not very uh, not as not as not on the same level, you know. That's an awesome pick because, like, in most of the drafts that I've been going through, Ron Cunha, some of them are one, two, or three, and so picking them where we're at in this round is just a huge steal and a oversight on my part. I'm sorry about that guys. I picked them up earlier, but you know, I was, I was too much cheating and moving players where they don't need to be. So I couldn't, sorry, Ronald. Couldn't you? I was like, I would have three right was fielders too busy in a row. Screwing this system, right? I would have three right fielders in outfield. So yeah, it's a solid ass pickup right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh man. I'm screwed. I got, I got to take like Brandon Nimmo or something. <laughs> 
Solid. <laughs> um, All right, yeah, you, you, yeah, you uh, missed the ball in the uh, outfielder, so I'm gonna pick one of the last ones, and I hope I'm just checking in and perusing the draft board. You, you guys didn't pick him yet, and you didn't. Kyle Tucker. Um, for oh, me, great pick. They hated Sorry? Houston Astros. Great I pick. hate picking them because good, yeah, that was that was another one in the back of my head. He's on that terrible team, but he doesn't talk enough to cheat. So I think he's good. Him and he's been hanging around one of my favorite players, Michael Brantley, his whole career and learning how to hit everything hard. And I'm with um, the designated hitter slash left fielder that Brian picked up earlier. You're now res. The, the beat goes on for the Houston Astros. And they just added the White Sox best player in Jose Abreu. And they jumped to pay him $20 million year, dollars a year. They jumped and we're like, mm, sure. No, are we? No. Okay. 18, no, go ahead. Reigning in a, a, a reigning world series champion. Take our best player and get better. Just, yeah. and Kyle Tucker is just coming into his own on that team, which is still going to be mashing the ball. And they like, Hey, Justin. Yeah. We're not going to pay you that money. Enjoy Steve Cohen's millions. And he did. And they're just going to bring up another guy that's going to be just as good, if not better. So I hate the Astros. I love their baseball development and I love their draft and I love whatever they do. Even though it was cheating, they're still keeping the ball rolling. And I consider the 2022 championship their only legitimate one, but they still, you know, have been in multiple World Series. And Kyle Tucker is going to be in multiple more before it's all over. Yeah, you got to go Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, and Jose Abreu. Mm. Good luck, White Sox. That's your first four games of the season. Jeez. It's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. Like, what, what, where is Abreu going to hit? Sixth, seventh? Sixth. And then Brantley's behind him, right? Probably. Fuck, man. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You get the rest at catcher. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but I'm sure they have some catcher they're going to bring up. That's going to be astigly great. Yeah. Is it Corey Lee? Time Corey Lee. Yeah. Corey, Corey of Lee. Course. Um, of course. Although what I read the other day is they're thinking he might not end up being a, um, a catcher. So he might end up being kind of like a utility kind of catch all play everywhere. Cause he's too yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of Corey Lee because he was on Cal. So he was Andrew Vaughn's teammate. So I, I watched a lot of Corey Lee when yeah. he was a junior at Cal during that season. Yeah, they may try to find a defensive position for him, but the dude hits the ball hard. He's always been known to have high exit velocities, in not only in college, but through the minor league. So they got another hitter. They'll, they'll figure out the defense. Right on. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of my first baseman. Um, I'm gonna go Freddie Freeman. The guy just continues to hit. Um, yeah, I mean, and I need a lefty in my my lineup here. Um, you already got one. Well, I got you. I got you down. You got and I two. Got, well, yeah. God damn it! You got the greatest team ever. Look at your team. You got three. If he puts Otani at DH. Well, I was gonna get rid of my DH right now too. Um, oh. So I already got one first baseman. I might as well get another one. Um. The White Sox strategy can't fail. <laughs> Can I put Jake Berger at DH? No, I'm kidding. 
Um, I'm gonna go with Pete Alonzo. Damn it! That guy just man. That guy yeah. mashes, mashes, mashes. Um, and he's gonna continue to mash. He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit over 500 home runs if he stays healthy. He's gonna hit there. I, I, yeah. And then, and then in that lineup too, with the guy, with the the guys hitting in front of him, you got you know uh, Lindor and and all those guys hitting in front. Nimmo gets on base and. Yeah, he's just gonna he's just gonna keep clobbering the ball. But uh but yeah, I gotta go P Alonzo. Like it. You yeah, still need I, outfielders. <laughs> luck, luckily there I mean I mean Herb's got Herb's got a designated hitter left. That's it. Is it, he's gonna he's probably gonna steal the, the 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 like two one of the two outfielders I have sitting in my head right now. So we'll you move Bookie Betts to second base. <laughs> just take two more. <laughs> I can play Trey Turner in center field, can't I? Yeah, good. All right, Herb, what do we got? Um, I need to fill out my offense. And just like you said, I have either catcher, which you've taken the best one in JT or Real Muto, or I can go to my designated hitter, and I think I'm going to go there. Well, actually, I'm going to change it up. going to go to the... Double cheeked up on a Tuesday catcher for the Atlanta Braves, Sean Murphy. He is, um, I don't know why the A's keep on trading with the Braves. I know they got some good players back. <laughs> I was hoping we'd get in on that, but we didn't have anywhere near the talent that they, that they would want. They don't. Also, and throw Colson and, you know, all those guys at him. Oh. I, don't, I don't even think I would get close. I don't, I mean, I'm not, you know, like Josh or uh, James, but. You know, people talk about that Colson Montgomery, like not like he's the second coming, but like he's pretty goddamn good. And I'm scared to believe too much. I'm scared. What do you think, Josh? But Sean Murphy's my catcher pick. I'm gonna pick him up. I, I like to pick. I, I like to pick and watch him step up his game when he joins the Atlanta Braves again. Uh, the National League is going to be very top heavy. The Atlanta Braves lineup ridiculous. The Mets lineup ridiculous. The Phillies lineup. If Bryce Harper is healthy enough to swing, ridiculous. Like, good luck, Miami. Good luck, Washington. Washington's not even trying. <laughs> St. Louis has got a deep lineup. San Diego's got a deep lineup. We know Los Angeles can hit. The National League's going to be very top-heavy. So I like the Sean Murphy. The quick tidbit about Colson Montgomery, and I'm kind of with you as well, Herbie. Uh, he didn't have the best project Birmingham as far as, like, the, the best first taste of double-A. Yep. And we'll see on how he hits in Birmingham this year. But there's just so many people I respect from the scouting game, and they've been saying this ever since he was drafted out of high school by the White Sox, that eventually he's going to move over to third base because range is just not there and uh, what you would want from an above-average shortstop defensively at the position. Uh, so while we keep thinking that Colson Montgomery is going to be the future replacement for Tim Anderson, he might be the future replacement for Yohan Makata. So I'm eager to see on how he does. But for Colson Montgomery, he made the right decision. His plan was going to go to Indiana University. And if he did that, he would still be there. And I have my college baseball preview coming up, and he would have been maybe third-team All-American, would have been a preseason pick for a Big Ten player of the year. Now, for some lists, he's a top 25 prospect, and he might be reaching the major leagues in a couple of years. So kudos to Colson Montgomery. He made the right choice, skipping college and going straight to the pros out of high school. Uh, I think it's going to pay out for him. 
Do you think you think 2025 is the likely? I think earlier. I think we could see him in 2024. Wow. He's gonna be young, man. Wow. Wait, turning twenty one this year? Yeah. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, as long as as long as they start working on developing his power, I think he can do whatever he wants. All right. I agree. Uh, I agree, mailman Jack, too. That's a great joke. All right. So I got the the turnaround here. Bruce Hornsby has good range. Uh, all right. So what I got? I got to get a starting pitcher. I got to get a catcher. I got to get a second base and I got to get a closer. All right. Where do I want to go here? You guys both have starting pitchers, so I can wait on that. You both have second base. No, you don't. Okay. So second base, maybe that's the direction. Yeah, I'll go that direction for second base. This is going to be a tough one here, but I'm going to go with someone that I think is going to pick up the level of play already an all-star and maybe replacing Jose Ramirez as someone more annoying to the White Sox. And that's Andres Jimenez for Cleveland. And I'm picking Jimenez over Marcus Simeon. Watch Simeon hit 35 home runs and I'm a complete idiot for picking Jimenez over Simeon. But Andres Jimenez, I I think, has the opportunity to be another gold glove second baseman. Cleveland eventually wants to move him over to shortstop. Uh, But I think he's still one of the best second basemen in Major League Baseball. I think he could be a four-plus war player at that position for Cleveland. Uh, And he just really helps lengthen that lineup for the Cleveland Guardians. And he's tremendous at second base defensively. And with the shift ban, people are worried about how well will our second baseman do. Cleveland doesn't have to worry, especially when they got Andres Jimenez at second base. So Jimenez is probably going to be batting ninth in my lineup, um, but he definitely helps me out defensively. Catcher, here's another prediction I have for the 2023 season. JT Real Muto will not be the best catcher in Major League Baseball. It will be Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think it is time for Will Smith to take the mantle. I have loved his game ever since he played at Louisville. I thought he was a better catcher than Zach Collins. And of course, the White Sox disagreed with me and they went with Collins at pick number 10. And that looks dumber by the day. Uh, Will Smith is probably going to hit 25 home runs this year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he's still one of the best defensive catchers in all of Major League Baseball. Yes, on paper and and um, pedigree. JT Real Muto deserves the number one spot, but I think after the 2023 season, we were talking about Will Smith as being the best catcher in Major League Baseball, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Adley Rushman also makes that leap as well for the Baltimore Orioles. We, we got some really good catchers in Major League Baseball, uh, and I'm pretty excited because catcher could be a desert at times at that position. Yeah. Wow, I thought, I thought someone was going to go Alejandro Kirk. I love him. Yeah, you still can for the DH. He's one of my favorites. Little yeah. pudgy guy you can just hit. Yeah, and Will Smith. Will Smith's terrific. Yeah, you got you guys both pick both pick probably the two and three. I mean, on the list that is, uh, we have one, two, and three. I think in the, in terms of uh, F four over the last three years. Um, yeah, yeah. Real Mudo eighteen point two. Will Smith eleven point three. Murphy ten point six. Who's fourth? Who's fourth? Should be Grandal. Grandal 10.1. Higher than uh, Wilson Contreras. Higher than, yeah, higher than everybody. That 2021 was pretty damn good. 
It was. Good old days. Get back there. Goodness <laughs> gracious. All right. So what third baseman are you going to put at second base, Herbie? I'm not going to do that. Um, I mean, here, I mean, I could go with my second baseman right now. And you've mentioned uh, Marcus Simeon, which I was not going to go in that direction. You know, I don't need to take a pitcher. I mean, a second base here, I could take my closer and, you know, take the best closer off the market. But I'll let you guys go ahead and set the market and get my closer at the last pick. I'm going to go with Jeff McNeil as my second baseman. I mean, this guy yeah. is just a hit machine um, at second base for the nine Mets. I think that he's just tipping the iceberg of what he can really do. You know, he had a little pop back there in 2019. Some might say that's probably the ball that you're using back in the day. I don't know if he can hit 20 home runs a year, but 15 is definitely doable for this guy who just uh, puts bats a ball and gets on base. Hell of a table setter. Pace. Yeah, yep. and like there's only, I think, two or three uh, players that had, had a higher uh, weighted runs created than him last year, I think. Uh, of course, Jose Altuve, and then uh, I think Jimenez also had a higher um, weighted runs created for us. I had to check that out. But uh, Jeff McNeil is my second baseman. Got another uh, lefty in the lineup for myself. Yep, that's a good one. Like I said, hell of a table setter. He's also one of those guys that can play everywhere. So Mookie Betts wants to play second base one day. McNeil can go play uh, right field or whatever. I was wrong. McNeil's number two behind Altuve at uh, Altuve is at one sixty four. Way to runs created plus McNeil's at one forty three with Andre Semenis last year at one forty. Didn't know he was hitting like that, but he had a great year. Goddamn, Andre Semenis. Yeah, he's gonna be annoying. <laughs> he's he's good. He's really good. And of course, he was a Met, and they traded yep. correctly when they when they made that trade for Francisco Lindor. I was like, what are they giving up? I mean, I heard of Ahmad Rosario as a top prospect. He's turned into a nice player. And Ahmed Rosario, I mean, and uh, excuse me, um, Jimenez might be the better of the two. He is the better of the two. But in that one trade, they trade an all-class shortstop that I know that we didn't pick. And maybe we'll be kicking ourselves in the ass later in the year, not having Lindor as far as on our team, but they traded Lindor for their starting up the middle infield. And it's, I think, easy to say that it's a seven war middle infield for mm-hmm. the Guardians. Who That's else it. in the central? Maybe the Twins with Correa and Polanco uh, that has a seven plus war middle of the infield. Um, White Sox won't. Uh, maybe the Royals. If Bobby Witt ever gets his hitting you know, in, under control where he doesn't strike out as much. Switching to shortstop, and who's their second baseman? Massey? Uh, maybe not. Yeah, uh, Massey or, uh, or Lopez, right? Yeah, Bobby would have to carry that, and definitely not in Tiger Tigerland with uh, Javi Bias up there. But okay. Scope might get you some if he's still up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All Brian, right. I'm curious where you go with your outfield here, man. I, I'm going to have the worst defensive outfield in the history of the world. Um, no, I'm gonna go. This guy stays healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm in the money. I'm gonna go Byron Buxton center field. All right. You, you oh. literally stole my designated hitter. I was saving him for designated hitter. Oh, Ooh, that would have been that. a great. Oh, that would have been a great DH pick. Mm-hmm. And then what That's... the hell else would I have been stuck with for my outfield if you'd have done that? That'd have been funny as hell. 
Um, That's a solid pick. I'm still sitting here staring at the damn list. I don't know. I don't even know where to go with this. I might. I might make a prayer and uh, uh, talk to my buddy. Uh, talk to my buddy Kfids about how um, Chris Bryant's knees are doing or his back. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, right field is always available, and uh, Avi Garcia. I heard he's playing still. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm going to go. All right. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Um, I got ti- I got time to figure it out. I'm going to go with my closer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, I, hey, he's there's only there's only one hitter left to to pick outside of this, and I mean, all right, okay. Well, you could be taking it to DH. I'm, sa- I'm saving Herbie. some time. I'm saving myself some time here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with uh, Edwin Diaz. Hmm. Mm, okay. Sammy Trumpet. Get, get the horn together. Yeah, I mean he he had a couple of years there when he, after the trade where he where he was a little little rough and he fig, he's figured it out and I, there's nobody better than him in the league right now. When I looked at the the three year averages, you know who was miles and miles ahead of everybody was Liam Hendricks. But yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go Edwin Diaz here and continue to to kind of just <laughs> figure out what the fuck I'm gonna do in the outfield. All right, Herb. <laughs> Who's your DH? Um, I'm gonna go with a. I mean, it's not that out of bounds player. We can pick anybody who's just uh, outfielder, right? For designated sure. hitter, just move him over there. Yeah, you can pick anyone. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with Alejandro Kirk. You know why? He was born exactly 20 years uh, after I was born on November 6, oh. 19. 89 or no 19 I can't even remember my own birthday 98 <laughs> so he is my son when I was 20 years old apparently I was having sex my son. and I had it up and you know around Valentine's Day around this time and he was birthed on November 6 1998 and he's out there hitting like I can never do he's got my same body I love him come home and he reminds me of your mean mer- uh, you mean Mercedes, who was also my son. And I'm sad that Tony did him so wrong. He drove the 2021 White Sox early. He did. He did. All right. So I got pitchers here. And I'm looking at your guys' lineups here. Do I want to go right-handed? Do I want to go left-handed? Some of these guys, it doesn't matter. They're so damn good. So my starting pitcher, I'm going to go with Corbin Burns. And yeah. Corbin Burns is who I hope that Dylan Cease turns into. I think Cease made a tremendous leap towards that path in which just killing teams with a fastball slider combination. And uh, I just really love watching Corbin Burns. And Milwaukee's going to have to really lean on Burns and Woodruff uh, to keep them competitive as far as a, a postseason hopeful team in the National League in 2023 yeah. with how stacked that they are. But 
Maybe Burns and the Brewers are out of the race. He becomes a possible trade target. He, I think he's going to be someone that gets paid a lot of money in the upcoming offseason. So maybe he gets traded to a better contender or a team in, in a better position to contend. But we're going to go with Corbin Burns based, based on what you guys have uh, right now with your lineups. My closer, I'm going with the best closer in the damn league, guys. Edwin Diaz? Come on, Emmanuel <laughs> Class A. I knew it was coming. And it and his 100 mile per hour cutter. I mean, if if they if he got busted using spider attack, like I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't even be upset. Because <laughs> that pitch is so good. Uh so no White Sox players for me, but uh, I got a couple of guardians uh on my team. Uh yeah, that's that's pretty devastating. But you got I don't know how I'm gonna get to burns. I mean, he's only gonna throw five or six innings, but yeah. You know, getting to class A with the lead, I, I feel pretty good. I feel really good about my team. It's it's well balanced. I I, I had Burns I on it. my list number one, and then I I went with Otani and I, I I wanted to just keep picking hitters, so that's why I put him a pitcher. But um the Brewers are interesting because I mean they have three excellent, excellent, excellent starting pitchers and then no lineup whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah, and they may they may have gotten hoodwinked with the Christian Yelich signing, right? Yeah. Like the 2019 Super Bouncy Ball got Christian Yelich paid, and I still like Yelich the he player. He wasn't even and, that bad last year either. That's the thing with Christian Yelich is he really yeah, wasn't but that where's, bad. But they expect where's a lot the power? more out of him. Right, right. Right, like where where's the power? And it just doesn't have to be home run power. It could also be doubles power uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um I, the Brewers just remind me a team like they want to go in the direction of like the Cleveland Guardians. While Craig Council is a good manager, he's not Terry Francona. I don't think Council gets the most out of his players like Terry Francona yeah. does. If you put Francona with the Milwaukee Brewers, that team overachieves and they shock like the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, which I think the Cardinals have more talent. Uh, but I again, Council's a good he's a good manager. I don't think he's a great manager. And while the Brewers do really well in the run prevention side, that lineup has been a problem for years in Milwaukee. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a park that hitters can hit in too. That's what's funny about it. Like, is it just a matter of like bad hitting coach? They got Frank. They got too many Frank Benakinos over there, which is funny because that's who kind of fixed Yelich. I think it's a. I think it's a problem I it, with player identification. Yeah, I because you're right. I remember you know going to school in Wisconsin and watching when Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder joined the Milwaukee Brewers and how fun that was. And they still had Jeff Jenkins and they had Corey Hart and they had Ricky Weeks. Uh, you know, part of that team. You know, that was, was a, a and then they. Then they era. add CC Sabathia uh, to go with Sabathia and, and Ben Sheets, which uh, the Brewers just announced that Ben Sheets is going to be part of the Brewers Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, the- you're you're right. Uh, you know, Miller Park slash Amfam Park, it, it can be a place where hitters can hit. But for whatever reason, the Brewers are having a really difficult time identifying hitters that can actually hit. For sure. And while we're speaking about the Brewers, I'm going to close out my draft with one of the guys who I think could be better than Emmanuel Classe this year and is Devin Williams getting his first shot at the full-time closer job out there in Milwaukee. These are the 2022 MLB percentile rankings 
where Devin Williams is either 99th percentile or 100th percentile. Average X of velocity, hard hit percentage, XERA, X well, uh, weighted WOBA, uh, X WOBA, X batting average, X slugging, barrel percentage, Ks, whiff percentage, extension. Is that enough for you guys? That is Devin Williams. His filthy, undeniably great floating changeup. That changeup, man. Is just mesmerizing. And we're always talking about Woodruff. We're talking about Burns. You got to put my man Devin Williams in there. And yes, they don't have hitting, but they got the market cornered on top-notch pitching. Yeah, they may only need four runs a game to be successful. He's also got one of the cooler nicknames in baseball, Airbender. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that nickname, but that that's a good pick, Kirby. And, you know, just looking up and down your lineup, I mean, gosh, this lineup is ridiculous as well. Like, is Jeff McNeil batting ninth for you? That's stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. <laughs> maybe? I don't, yeah, that's, well, Murphy will probably hit ninth. Right. You're gonna are you gonna bat Aaron Judge leadoff? <laughs> it's it's the San Diego Padres at the top of the order. With four top notch players that can all be all stars. I, I really want to know what outfielder Brian has figured out that he's gonna be taking here. <laughs> I'm curious I, so but I, also I, concerned. If I didn't also release an audio version of this, I wouldn't even speak. I'd just type it out. But I'm gonna um well, I'll just start to type it out. <laughs> you didn't even spell his name right. Oh, <laughs> come on. I did it. Oh, my God. Boo. 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 So I, I, you know, this is my pick. <laughs> Brian, um, you should just went with your namesake. Brian Reynolds is on the board. I, I, and you know, I love Brian Reynolds. You remember my, uh, my, uh, uh, write up for the off season. Project yeah. Planet. Um, yeah, I thought about it, but I'm going to go Eloy just because, and I, you know what? Fuck the last name. We're just doing. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, like honestly, I mean, obviously, obviously, I have the worst defensive. I mean, I had the best, I I one of the best poor, defensive center fielders in the league. Poor Byron Buxton's gonna have like a broken hip by like by like June. Yanfield's gonna love it though. Yeah, the infield's good. They they said that he's gonna play a little right field, so I might as well throw him out there, right? See what happens. <laughs> Byron Buxton. With a below average left fielder's arm, he's going to be playing right field. Makes sense to me. Good job, White Sox. But I don't mind the pick because we all know if Aloy, and the big if, if Aloy plays, let's say, 140 games, I think he's going to hit 40 home runs. I don't think anybody can deny that or doubt that. In his rookie year, I think he only played 120 plus games and he hit 31 home runs. So I think the power is always going to be constant. Now, can he turn into an actual hitter where the average is high, the on base is high, and he's damn healthy? And the way you do that, put him a designated hitter. I yeah. hope he 100%. sees one yeah, time I, in right I, field. I don't it's, think he. I don't think they should bring a glove for him on road trips. I, I, you know, this is 
This is just like my shirt. This is a joke. I had someone actually send me a message saying, why do you hate it there? Why would I hate it there if I spend like $4,000 on fucking tickets? Come on. But uh, but yeah, I figured we, we you know, we're three White Sox people. We got to We got to pick at least one as we're, we're closing up shop here. So, yeah, um, the, the, the whole Eloy hitting 40 bombs, Serby, my concern is his ability to hit velocity, yep. especially against righties. That that's, The swing is slow. It is powerful, but it is slow. And we'll see if he makes any adjustments to improve his barrel speed. Because if he can hit velocity, then yeah, the seal, he's got an opportunity to break Albert Bell's franchise record of 49 home runs in a season. The power yeah. is legit. But I am noticing the pitchers that can throw heat are starting to challenge Eloy Jimenez last year with heat. And he doesn't hit that ball. He doesn't hit fastballs, especially from right-handed pitchers, as effectively as other pitches. Breaking stuff doesn't seem to be bothering him too much. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful there that he could hit at least 30 home runs. But the difference between Aloy being a 30 home run type of hitter and someone that could challenge the league lead in home runs is his ability to hit velocity. Uh, as he had an OPS below 600 last year against fastballs that traveled at a greater velocity than 94 miles per hour. So that's the one thing, but that is something that you can improve upon. He just needs to be healthy <laughs> during spring training, uh, which will be like a first for him uh, in the last few years and just spend more time in the cage against a pitching machine and seeing more 95 than usual. It doesn't hurt that they have like 17 hitting coaches on staff now. So, right. Yeah. What, yeah, but, okay. Castro, so, Johnson. so let's see here. So Otani is your starting pitcher. That's dangerous. Rio Muto, Freeman, Altuve. I can Arenado. play Otani in right field on occasion too. How about that? You're gonna have Eloy pitch then? Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll just have Diaz go nine. I like I I really like your infield, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> your outfield I love, would be I love my infield. Outfield is I, I, still think, I still think I have the, I have the best hitter uh, in baseball in Jordan Alvarez, but I mean your outfield, if healthy, is probably hitting a hundred home runs. At least <laughs> Alvarez, Buxton, and, and Jimenez, uh, and then you got Pete Alonso yeah. at DH. So real quick, let's go down the line and see. Let's 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 um, let's just go over who miss the cut real quick do you, anybody that sticks out for you uh lindor yep, i think carlos Rodon. Uh, carlos Rodon is a starting pitcher mm-hmm. uh I, I think he is due for a mega year with the new york yankees uh adley rushman i know he's young yeah. but i think he's posed for a, a really big season uh i'm just going down the list for me no, I think we took a lot of the players that I had. The other White Sox player that you could maybe make a case for uh, was Luis Robert. Um, if you like Tyler O'Neill for the St. Louis Cardinals, he's another budding star that continues to improve every year. We Austin got a lot Riley. of players. Uh, Austin Riley at third base. Yeah, that was another that was a, a, another idea as well. Uh, I, and I, I see a lot of Carlos Correa. I really like Correa's defense. I think he's one of the best defensive shortstops in Major League Baseball. He'll probably hit 25 home runs and 85 RBIs. I still like Seager, Machado, and Trey Turner overall better. 
shortstop is such a deep stack position in Major League Baseball. Herbie, would not, it would not surprise me if we have 10 shortstops in baseball this year that are four plus war, and yeah. one of them being Tim Anderson. I mean, from your mouth to God's ears, because that's what the White Sox need, Tim Anderson, to be of this ilk. He's not there yet, and I know he got pissed kind of like, or not pissed, just like looking with the eyes and say, oh, people are getting paid. You know, people like um, another person that maybe people are talking about, Dansby Swanson, but I think that's more defensively than offensively, even though he hit 25 bombs last year. Like he's seen Dansby Swanson get all the money he got from the Cubs, and he's like, is Dansby Swanson better than me? I think so, defensively and offensively right now. But I would be, if I was Tim, I'd be like, man, Dansby was mostly glove only early in his career. Then he turned yep. into offensive force his last two years with the power. Then he got broke off with some good-ass money. So I can be Dansby Swanson. I get paid. I get off of this in two years. Or the White Sox come to me right, sign me for a longer extension, and give me Dansby Swanson money. I'll be smooth with that. And we know Jerry Ryan doesn't like to rip up contracts and then start a new one. So that probably will not be happening. So I think Tim has some motivation this year to get up to that level, to get up at least to the Dansby Swanson level of the of the shortstops that just got paid this past offseason. And Atlanta dumped the rest of their farm system and getting Sean Murphy after getting Matt Olson the previous year. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta was the one team I'm surprised that didn't pick up the phone and we didn't hear anything in the offseason, Herbie, calling the White Sox about Tim Anderson. Uh, and even though Elvis Andrews is still out there, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that more teams did not call Tim Anderson because compared to the rest of the shortstops of Major League Baseball, the dude's super cheap. The White Sox are only paying $27 million the next two years for Tim Anderson, mm-hmm. 12 and a half this year, 14 and a half next year. And I'm with you, Herbie. I think going to the hitting lab, going to the driveline hitting lab, getting his body mapped out, getting his swing mapped out. I think there's going to be an extra emphasis in Tim Anderson to go back to the way that he hit in 2019, in which he was pulling the ball more in the air uh, compared to what he did in 21 and 22, where he was just focusing more on trying to get on base in front of everybody else. I think that change in mentality is going to go a long way for Tim Anderson. I think he's going to be a top 10 shortstop in 2023. He's going to be a four war player and he's going to be 10th at shortstop because it's such a deep position group in baseball. I feel like another guy that's going to benefit from just having guys in, in, in the clubhouse and, and in the staff that's going to help with his help with his swing too. Cause his, his power numbers just, freaking disappeared last year uh, that was a mentality i, yeah. I think with yeah Anderson, that, exa- but yeah the, the whole the whole team that was the mentality though right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just Singles. hit 300 yeah. <sighs> yeah um couple like i'm just looking at like list of like wrc plus from last year couple guys that were towards the top that um kind of surprising were at the top but yandy diaz nathan Lowe, um, Taylor Ward, <laughs> we had some, we had some, uh, some interesting ones, but also uh, outfielders that I was that I was also looking at. Obviously, Brian Reynolds was one of them. I was looking at Nimmo. I, I don't think Nimmo's going to continue to 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 play at the level he has. Um, Nimmo's not better than anyone that we well, except for Eloy Jimenez. Uh, <laughs> Nimmo's not better than anyone that we. I was taken. looking at Springer too, but Springer kind of took oh, a yeah. bit of a step back, but he still had a good year last year. So he's still he's still a four war outfielder. So he could have been another option. But. Why didn't you take? 
<laughs> you took a loy. I mean, you're you're over, Brian. I I guess I can respect that. We, we, we Brian's just a, trying to have the best one ever in injury history with Byron Buxton and Aloy Jimenez. It's like, oh yeah, these both these guys have played 150 games. They've done it before. See, this is the, this is where I'm at. We got to bring the Super Bowl's got to come back. <laughs> if the Super Bowl comes back, I'm really scared of your team, Brian. I'm really scared of your team. Pete, oh if God. the Super Bowl comes back, Pete Alonso will hit 90 home runs. I was going to yeah. say, I like Diaz might hit a couple home runs if the Super Bowl comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this was fun, man. We're gonna um, when I when I approached these two about this episode, I I asked, I I kind of had the idea of doing this again, um, later in the season to see if if our our lists change, or our opinions change, or you know, new, new, new players arrive on the list. So we're going to try to try to squeeze that in again, maybe at the all-star break, maybe something like that. Um, I am getting married around that yeah, time. No, well, so I, I'm, I'm kind of yeah, busy. No, yeah. Kind of busy. Maybe we'll, we'll do it all. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll just do another early season one in Cincinnati. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, again, I really appreciate you guys being on the show. Um, Josh, I don't know if you know this, but I've watched Sox Machine for a very, very long time. And this is, you're one of the reasons I wanted to start doing stuff like this. Um, I wanted to start a baseball podcast, but of course, there's 708 on White Sox Twitter. So I'm going to be you know, 709. Stay, stay in my drafty lane. Um, but yeah, I'm having fun with this. So I'm going to keep going. But I, I really appreciate you guys uh, uh, taking the time to uh, to be on here today. Well, thank you for the kind words. And, you know, a a podcast about drafting things is an original idea, Brian. And I really hope that you stick with it. There's some other White Sox podcasts that they have drafts. And and let me tell you, your show about drafts is far superior than those shows. My drafts are the draftiest of all the drafts. If you do any draft about condiments, I have a list of people you should not include as far as part of that draft. And it would be a big favor for to me if you if you redo that monstrosity uh or if you invite people to do a draft about the office of the best characters make sure that you after you actually draft super fans of that show uh rather than you know other white Sox podcasts i won't name them because i don't want to embarrass them uh that go through drafts that i've been part i have participated in and have dominated in every single draft that i've done for them oh boy oh that's good Love you, Beef Loaf. <laughs> the best. So, so I tweeted this morning. If anybody had any, uh, if anybody had any ideas for drafts, you know, please. My my DMs are always open. And the most original, best one here. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up here real quick. I came from our buddy Mailman Jack. He said, "Here, I'm gonna read it word for word. It's it's actually it sounds like it's it sounds so silly that it's gonna be fun. Recurring character slash mascot in a TV commercial draft. Examples: Flow, Progressive Insurance, the most oh, that's a great one, etc. We're doing that. I'm not sure when, but we're definitely doing that. And what a what a great category. Yep, that's that's a that's a great category. That's brilliant stuff, Millman Jack. Yeah, that's an awesome category. That's gonna be a good one, and you can even like dig into local stuff, like uh, like like I was mentioning to her, but on in the pre-show we were talking about it a little bit, like Empire and like like Eagle Man and the Luna Girl, like the guy that what? pulls the door off on Victory Auto Wreckers. 
What's it? What's it? Moon oink. Yeah. Moon what's oink. The, oh. Have you ever seen the Moon <laughs> oink commercial with Dwayne Wade's dad? Yes. Yeah, that's the rap exactly one, like isn't it? it? There's there there there. It's really hard to find. I saw it on TV one day. I'm like, what the heck? Like he's like, hi, I'm Dwayne Wade's dad, and you're just like, what the like, fuck am I? Yeah, watching? you look exactly like him, just yeah. like 20 years older. <laughs> Right. Um, but, but you gotta, you gotta picture- be, you gotta be careful now because you got people in the comments. See, this is you're new to the game, Brian. This is why a lot of times you got to keep things close to the chest because people are willing to steal these ideas and use them for themselves. Proprietary. Uh, it's Brian's only. Yeah. But I took a picture of with Moo and Oink. They were at the White Sox game, one of the last games of the season. I think it either was the year before Paul Canerco retired. I'm pretty sure it was the year before where we all thought he might retire. And we went to that game and Moo and Oink were there. And I took a picture with him. I was like, nice. you're my childhood. And if you've <laughs> ever been to a Moo and Oink, it is brick ass cold in there because they're in a damn freezer. It's all freezers. Yeah. 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 I, I went in there once. It was many men. I was, young, I was like a kid, but, but yeah, I remember it being <laughs> fucking freezing in there. Did you post a easy comment real quick? <laughs> 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 oh, oh that's that's boy. great <laughs> that's great oh i invented drafts beef loaf just remember <laughs> that now this has been a blast brian i really appreciate you having me on i appreciate it. again that yeah this has been this has been really fun um do you get uh josh do you have anything you want to plug before we go or <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can visit us at SoxMachine.com. Thank you to everyone that subscribed to the Sox Machine YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Sox Machine. Uh, to be specific, two things. One, we're having the road trip at Cincinnati this year between May 5th through May 7th. So White Sox fans, if you are looking to follow the team and meet up with a bunch of other White Sox fans, we're doing that at Cincinnati for that weekend earlier in the year. The Reds are not going to be a very good team, so hopefully we watch the White Sox win some games. We are sitting in section 108, which is by the left field file pole at Great American Ballpark as the tickets are, uh, they're very affordable in that section compared to where they were at Target Field. Uh, If you are planning on going after listening to this, be like, yeah, I'll go to Cincinnati. Please book your hotel room. Hotel rooms are getting scarce. You have the Kentucky Derby. You have the Kentucky Derby weekend and you got a big marathon that's happening in Cincinnati that we had no idea about. Uh, So it's called the Flying Pig Marathon. The other thing that will be happening in March, along with the boys from the from the 108, is that we're going to be doing the playback watch parties again for the 2023 season. But we're going to be doing the World Baseball Classic. I cannot wait to see the costumes that both Cherizi and Beefloaf have, as the first one will be Team USA against Team Mexico on March 12th. So we'll be doing those watch parties for the World Baseball Classic. So those are two things to look forward to. I'm not going to step on your toes, but I'm probably going to do a couple of those as well on, on playback. So do I'm having ones, a blast on playback. Do, do the ones for Team Cuba. They're at a great time, either 10 o'clock at night or 5 in the morning. Perfect. You can have those. That'll work. That'll work. I've, I've actually really been enjoying the playback stuff. We've been doing wrestling on it. And uh, we've been, yeah, we've been having a blast. I did a, a, a college football game with uh, Svo and, and uh, Bruhan Luke. But yeah, that's a, that's a cool platform getting better every day so but uh, all right herb do you got anything uh, you want to plug here before we go um yeah we're on four o'clock every monday through thursday on 
CHGO White Sox, myself, Sean Anderson, and Vinny Duber. And yeah, if you guys haven't, you know, I'm sure everybody who's in this chat has all checked out the Sox machine and the 108. But please, seriously, become a Patreon. I mean, you get they get a nice glass to send you to your house and such, and you become uh, get you know discounts on their merch and such like that. And it's the most smart cerebral White Sox podcast out there, in my opinion, even ours. I mean, this, those guys give you stuff that you're Absolutely. not going to get anywhere else. So become a <laughs> subscriber, become a Patreon of Sox Machine, and also a from the 108. I mean, I've had the best times in that ballpark in that section. Going to their events, I went to the event up in Milwaukee a couple of years ago with a tailgate there. Couldn't make them to Minnesota this year or San Diego, which is weird. Um, but I did um, make my plans for Courtney and I to go out to Cincinnati this year, Sweet. May 5th through the 7th. We're going to be out there watching the games with the uh, Reds. I mean, there's no better time than kicking in with these guys at a White Sox game. As I always say, the White Sox might be shit the atmosphere at the ballpark with the people there is mm-hmm. never shit. You always have a great time. So yep. it's, check always, out those it's people. always the environment that brings everybody to. Yeah. That's, and that's, Brian, thank you for having us on. And we really appreciate the, you uh, having me on. And uh, this was fun tonight. Awesome. Thank you guys. You running? The- You're running that weekend, Herbie. I am not running in the pig <laughs> marathon. What is it called? <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. The oil. The, the, I'll the be flying running. Pig flying the pig marathon. I'll be running to the bathroom after I eat that terrible chili they have there. Oh man. Well, all right. I'm going to pull you guys out here again. I appreciate it. And then we'll wrap this up. Um, thanks guys. Later. All right, guys, before I go here, I want to, where the hell is it? Remind you guys that we have a store. Um, if you want to go to, it's on Etsy, Etsy, uh, Etsy.com slash, uh, I believe it's the tainted glove. So make sure to check it out. We got hats, shirts, flags, sweatshirts, everything. Um, two, uh, don't forget next weekend, next Saturday, we're going to have uh, at the Wiener Circle, uh, 615. Um, Yumper and Svo will be uh, doing a collective show with the uh, Chicago Sports Bums. So if you want to come hang out with that, we'll be at the uh, uh, the Burwood Tap afterwards. So please feel free to check that out. Always make sure to join up, uh, the like and subscribe, the Tainted Glove here on YouTube. Um, this show will be also dropping audio version on uh, Spotify and Apple Pods within the next day or two. Um, I do have, real quick, I want to do announce as well. I do have a couple of things coming up this week. Uh, Friday, we're going to be doing a baseball podcast. Uh, it's not a draft. Uh, it's going to be our first uh, episode of what we call pop-up socks. We're going to do some random, random white Sox podcasts as things happen throughout the season. So I'm going to, um, that'll be the first episode. I'm going to have baloney uh, as well as Yumper on. And then Sunday I am doing a special Super Bowl. Uh, it's getting drafty in here. Uh, I'm going to have Svo and Bruhand Luke on with me. And we're going to do a football draft, uh, all-time great NFL players based on the, similar to this, but all-time greats uh, per, by position. So be on the lookout for that Sunday. It'll be in the morning, that one, probably like late morning. We're calling it the, uh, uh, what I think I think Luke called it the mimosa episode, the mimosa hour. Um, so we're going to be doing that. And then, yeah, like I said, Friday night, it'll be 8 o'clock for the baseball one. Um, so yeah, again, I, I appreciate everybody listening today. Again, it's is the... Uh, uh, presented to you by the Tainted Glove Network. 
And I hope you guys all have a great day. Thank you so much. Buddy, don't wait for me. All right.